Greetings in Jesus' name. I'm uh, Bishop Chester Wright, and this is the video teaching series, uh, How to Study the Bible, or what we're trying to encourage you to do is to learn from the Bible how to study the Bible so that you can find truth that you're willing to trust your eternal salvation to. Uh, we've been teaching principles of biblical study uh, in these last several videos, the practical side of studying the scripture, and the principles that should guide our study. We've talked about the fact that uh, uh, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and therefore all scripture is from God as word of God. We've talked about the fact that uh, truth cannot contradict truth, We've talked about that every scripture has a verse somewhere in the Bible that will be the key that unlock the understanding of each verse so that the Bible interprets itself. This is uh, principle number four. It's lesson number 15, video number 16 uh, in this series. And the, the topic of this uh, study is uh, principle number four, no verse can be accurately and truthfully interpreted independently from the rest of Scripture. Now, all of these principles are reasonably interrelated. How can they not be? All of them are mutually dependent on one another. You can't separate any one of these principles for the other principles, and any one of those principles work independently of the rest. They're all important. The Word of God is the Word of God because God spoke it. He breathed it out. The Word of God is the Word of God because it's truth, and truth cannot contradict itself. The Word of God is the Word of God because every scripture has other scriptures in the Bible that interprets itself. This principle here, uh, I actually mentioned in the last lesson, so I want, but I want to come back and focus on it specifically in this lesson and what it means and what it doesn't say uh, so that you'll understand, again, it, not only does every scripture have its mate, but no scripture can be interpreted independently of the rest. So uh, that is the principle. No scripture can be interpreted independently from the context of all other scriptures. Violating this principle will always, 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 always result in false teachings. Always. So reading Second Peter chapter 1, verse 18. And this voice, which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto we do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, unto the day dawn, and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy, that divine utterance, not necessarily a foretelling of future events, but a divine utterance of God, uh, through mankind, no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. And I'm adding in context with the previous phrase, as God willed it to be spoken. Now, when I talked about this verse, the, probably the first time I talked about it in this video series, notice again that Peter is starting off referencing the experience that he, Peter, and John, uh, Peter, James, and John had on the uh, Mount of what we call the Mount of Transfiguration, when they went up to the mountaintop with Jesus, the other disciples didn't make it that far, and uh, they must have been tired. They fell asleep when they woke up. There was Jesus standing, talking to uh, Moses and Elijah. They were identified by name, 
And uh, then they heard the voice of God say to them, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Uh, what an experience to see Moses and Elijah, for a Jew, to see Moses and Elijah talking to this one you're following that you start out believing he was a man and then you got the revelation now that he is Christ, the son of God. Uh, and he's standing there talking with Moses and Elijah, two of the heroes of faith of, uh, uh, of the Hebrew people. And uh, you hear this audible voice. What an experience. And yet Peter said, we have a more sure word of divine utterance. And that is what's been written down as God dictated it to his, his men of God, that it would be written down and constitute for us the forever settled word. Now, this uh, verse, knowing that there's that first, that no prophecy of scriptures of any private interpretation has been so misused and abused again because, <laughs> because it is taken out of context. It is interpreted on its own, independent of the rest of the scripture. The word private here in the Greek, according to Strong's, means pertaining to oneself, one's own, by implication, private or separate. Thayer says it means pertaining to oneself, one's own. Uh, it, it, as an adverb, it means pri- separately. Uh, Vine says it means one's own. Uh, interp- and and uh, so all of these Greek words let us know that private doesn't mean independent of ever, other scriptures. Uh, that it's okay to, you, you, that you can't interpret this scripture uh, uh, yourself. Okay, I can't have my own interpretation of it, in the sense that I can't have an interpretation of it that came from me rather than can't coming from the Bible explaining itself. I can't have that. The word interpretation means explanation, and it's the application of what is explained. Uh, it comes from the Greek root word that means to solve further, figuratively to explain or uh, to decide. Vine says the word interpretation means to loose, solve, explain. It denotes a solution or explanation, literally a release is what the Greek word is, literally a release. Uh, and, and Vines continues on, the writers of scripture did not put their own construction upon the God-read words they wrote, neither should we. I added that, and neither should we. So these, these men who were used of God, they did not add to or take away from what God was giving them. And, and so they, they put that down. They wrote that down. And they did not put their own thoughts on it. And we're not supposed to put our own thoughts on it separate from the rest of the scripture. Some believers erroneously attempt to use this text to take the position that no individual can interpret the Bible. From a logical perspective, that's impossible. Uh, for this to be true, we would have to read the Bible and never attempt to understand what it's saying. Because that interpretation is simply understanding what the verse means. Why? Because any degree of understanding that we personally or privately may have of any verse would in fact be a contradiction of the meaning of the Greek word translated interpretation, which is in, uh, which I've already included or explained, if that verse is understood in this manner. So 
If I can't understand the scripture for myself, and this verse is not speaking against me having an understanding of the scripture, but it's speaking of privately meaning its own translate, its own uh, uh, private interpretation would be its own interpretation. That verse's own, its own translation or interpretation separate apart from all other scriptures. So again, the verse says that no prophecy of the scripture should, uh, I'm reading again, uh, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. And again, the word private means one's own. Well, who is the reference here of one's own? It's that scripture's own separate interpretation. It's not, it's not talking about you and I trying to understand the word of God again. It's talking about that scripture having its own interpretation separately and apart from, that's the meaning of the Greek word, separately and apart from the rest of the scripture. Now, I believe that. So should you. Uh, it's not even logical. Why would I even try to read the Bible if I'm not trying to understand it? So I'm to read something I don't even understand. I'm not supposed to understand it. That can't be what it's talking about. It's not what it's talking about. How am I supposed to grow in grace with the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which was written by that exact same apostle Peter in that same book, Second Peter? This is in the first chapter. These verses on this uh, private interpretation is in the first chapter of Second Peter. And the same Peter closed out Second Peter with verse 18 in chapter 3, but grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What, what a contradiction. How am I supposed to grow in grace and in knowledge? I, I don't grow in knowledge that I don't understand what the knowledge is. If I don't understand the knowledge... And if I'm growing in knowledge, I not only understand, but wisdom is to know how to apply that knowledge and use it uh, for the purposes of God and for my own growth in, in God. So it cannot be, it cannot mean that, it cannot. It has to mean that that verse cannot be, no verse can be interpreted separate apart from the rest of the scripture. Any opinion about what the Bible is saying about anything would be negated by the same position. So anybody's opinion, anybody's opinion about what the Bible's saying on any subject would be invalid if no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation means you and I cannot have an understanding of the word of God for ourselves. The question is not, can we have an understanding for ourselves? How are we going to obtain that? Are we going to obtain it using biblical principles that assures that we get truth out of that as a part of that, as that interpretation? Or are we going to do it contrary to those principles, which means all we come up with is an opinion of what that verse means? You know, I've had people say, well, I think that means, I, I don't mean to be offensive to you. I don't care what you think it means. And you shouldn't care what I think it means. The only thing that matters is what does the Bible say it means? It is certain that neither the Holy Ghost nor Peter had any intent to discourage our study and understanding of the word of God. Therefore, the teaching of this verse has to be considered as a guideline for interpretation, gaining understanding, not as an attempt to avoid or negate our responsibility to pursue such understanding. And as I've already said, at the end of this same epistle, here's the words, actually, I'm going to read you 
in context, not verse 18, but starting with verse 14. The context of what Peter said at the end of the chapter that will not contradict what he said at the beginning of the book. Wherefore, this is 2 Peter 3, 14. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye be found in him in peace, without spot and blameless, an account of the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them things of things which in which are some things that are hard to be understood. The apostle Peter is admitting there were things Paul wrote he didn't fully understand, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest or twist as they do also the other scriptures, thus equating Paul's writing with scripture by Peter saying this, seeing you know these things. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware lest also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness but grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. How can I prevent being led away with the error of the wicked and fall from my own steadfastness? How? Because I accept things as truth that don't have a biblical, biblically demonstrated, valid, valid, understanding or interpretation of them because I've interpreted them separate from Scripture. I'll give you an extreme example of this. Many, many years ago, uh, there were people who did not believe, uh, well, they believed the Word of God, but maybe they weren't always as careful in their interpretation. And so there was a preacher who stood up and preached the Scripture uh, when you see these things begin to happen uh, and you're on the housetop, not come down. Uh, and he took the scripture that says, housetop, not come down. And he preached on the subject, top, not come down. He took those words out of that scripture and preached, top, not come down. And he preached that it was wrong for the people of his church to wear their hair up. Now you talk a talk about a private interpretation of the scripture. He went into the Bible and found some verses that allowed him to preach his pet doctrine. Top knot come down. Now I know that's an extreme and hopefully Neither you nor your pastor would ever do such a thing as that. But that's exactly what our problem is here, folks. This is exactly our problem. This is our problem. We have to be so sold out to Jesus that we refuse to violate his word and the principles of understanding his word so that what we believe and what we tell others we believe, and those of us who are witnessing and teaching Bible studies or ministering to the body, that those who are hearing what we teach will not be deceived and destroyed. So it's not just your soul and my soul that's at stake here. It's the souls of everybody we have influence with. Because humanity is humanity. 
and the mob, the mob deal of they, what they say. That mob deal is a problem because people use what others do as an excuse for themselves to do or not do. And that is such a negative thing. That is so negative. It's so negative. And it will destroy your soul and cause you to be lost. So I have to be committed to God. I have to be committed to God. We've read these verses. We've read verses from the uh, Second Peter, both verses from the chapter from chapter one and verses from chapter three. These verses from Peter were spoken under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, and they should re- irrefutably settle the argument concerning Peter's intention in using the phrase that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. Why? Because it would be impossible to grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh without being able to interpret the scripture. So the principle for you and I here is this. Do not interpret scriptures just looking at one scripture on any subject. You don't know truth if you do that. And what you believe you're getting out of that one verse is not reliable. That's why I am encouraging you to use the topical method of studying the Bible. So you're considering all the verses on a particular subject, directly and indirectly, as much as possible at any particular moment in your life, with you also being committed that you're willing for God to add scriptures to that list and to your understanding, and that you he will adjust, if you will allow it, he will adjust your understanding of what those scriptures are saying as you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus. I pray in Jesus' name that this scripture, this this lesson has answered some questions for you on this and that you will be able to defend yourself, your method of study, and explain to others how they can interpret the scripture by letting the Bible interpret itself. No scripture wants its mate, and no scripture is of any private interpretation. God bless you. In Jesus' name.